Welcome to Our Walk Together. This is the place where we have a chance to listen and to learn from each other as we walk. My name is Paul Long, and I will be your host, but also a fellow traveler. I'm glad you're able to join me today as a companion on Our Walk Together. We are companions on the journey, breaking bread and sharing life, and in the long So welcome, everybody, to our walk together. I'm really glad that you can spend some time with us today. I think you're going to really enjoy um, my guest today, um, somebody that I've, I have told her I'm personally very excited to be able to, to interview and talk with for a little while. Um, but before we get into that, I'd like just if we could take a minute as we begin to uh, gather ourselves together in prayer, um, realizing that, as always, we're in the presence of God. Lord God, we thank you for being with us today. We thank you for calling us together here. We ask only that you open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to the things that will be said here today. And importantly, let us hear the things that you want us to hear. Amen. So my guest today, very exciting, is the Vice General Minister of the Secular Franciscan Order, um, Mary Stronich. And Mary is, um, as I said, the Vice General Minister. Um, for those of you who don't know anything about religious orders or anything like that, that's a big deal. Um, <laughs> and she also is, is uh, importantly, she's from right here in the United States. She's right from right down the throughway from where I am. And she's in Utica, New York, and I'm in Buffalo, New York. So. Um, we actually uh, are, are, are near, considering distances near each other. Um, but Mary was, was recently elected to be the vice minister. Um, and, and, you know, she's, uh, there's a four-page introduction that I have here of her, which I'm not going to use all of it because she can tell you some of the important things. But there are some, some things that I really wanted to talk about with that to let you know that Mary has been involved on the local level. She's been involved in the regional level. She's been involved in the national level. And now she's and also at the international level of the um, secular Franciscans. Her big thing is, is formation and communication that she, she really loves. She's um, a linguist, uh, speaks many different languages, and does a lot of translating, from what I've heard, of, of things for, for people all over the place. Um, locally, her fraternity is, is St. Joseph in Utica. Um, and she says her passion is for formation and for teaching. And the, the, before I have her talk a little bit, I just want to share with everybody the, the very last thing that was on her, her introduction that she sent me, because I think it tells a lot about, about who Mary is and who the, uh, the secular Franciscans are. And what she said is, the Lord has given me gifts and a vocation to the secular Franciscan order. 
He expects me to use these gifts in the service of the order at whatever level he sees fit to use me. I am his. I have, a health, I have the health and energy to serve in whatever capacity he believes I can assist and support the order and our brothers and sisters. So for all my listeners, I'd like you to meet, at least over the over um, uh, verbal means, um, Mary Stronich, who's the Vice General Minister of the Secular Franciscan Order. So welcome, Mary. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, a, it's an honor uh, to be with you and to be able to um, share the gift of the Secular Franciscan Order to um, all our community, wherever they may be. Right. So let's go for it, shall okay. we? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, other than what I introduced as, you know, like I said, there was four pages of stuff here. Um, a lot of it I cut out because there's not time to read it all. But why don't okay. you tell us about you? So I've been uh, married to Bob for 51 years, which is amazing since I'm only 29. At least that's what my, <laughs> I tell <laughs> That's what I tell my grandchildren. Uh, we have five children and we have nine grandchildren. Um, I want to share a little bit about how I started in the Secular Franciscan Order, because I think it says a lot about uh, the importance of family. And that's one of the things that we as an order um, believe strongly, that fr- family is at the center with, along with God. So um, about the year 2000, uh, my husband uh, came to me and he said, Mary, I found this some information on this order. It's called the Secular Franciscan Order, and I want to learn more about it. It's about lay people, people living in the world like us, and um, uh, I want to learn more about it, and I want to s- see if maybe this is something we might be able to do. And I said to him, are you crazy? Look. I'm working a full-time job. I teach full-time. I taught at the time at the high school level. I teach full-time. I've got five kids. I've got a mother I have to take care of. I've got an aunt I have to take care of. No way. Absolutely not. So he said, look, I'm going to go and see what it's all about. So he goes once. He comes back and he says, now, Mary, you know, this this is a journey I think we should make together. I said, what do you mean? I, again, I don't have time, Bob. He said, it's, we do a lot of things apart. This is a spiritual journey. Don't you think that this is something that we should look at and let the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit guide us to it? Well, he guilted me. What can I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so off we go to the meetings, and we got professed in 2003. One week after we are professed, we are asked to go to the celebration of the 25th anniversary of what we call the new rule. The rule, which was established for the secular Franciscans um, in 1978. And so we go off four hours to St. Bonaventure down in the Southern Tier. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the mornings we're sitting at a breakfast table and there is a man sitting next to us. His name was Bill Wicks. Uh, and he asked us a little bit about who we all were and what we did. And Bob was in PR and in communications. I help him with the communications effort. And I'm also a full-time teacher. Hmm. And Bill 
we later found out was the national minister. Oh, okay. And, and he said, well, you know, we need someone to help us with public relations at the national level. Would the two of you be interested? We've only been professed a week. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, well, we're looking for a ministry. We had told them that before, that we were looking for a special mm-hmm. ministry because we're, as secular Franciscans, we have to find ministries somewhere where we can serve the church or the order. So we said to him, well, yeah, uh, we'll, um, uh, we'll, we'll think about it. Right. Uh, and so we went home and we said, yeah, right. We, we're only here a, a week, you know, as we've talked about before, Paul, very young in the order, knowing mm-hmm. literally very little. And um, so we said, no, we're, we're not going to send him our resume. So about two weeks later, we get an email from Bill asking us to send the resume. And I talked about it. Said, nah, we're just not right for this. Another week later, we got another email saying, you haven't sent the resume yet. <laughs> so, so we sat down and we said, well, maybe the Holy Spirit is saying something to us. Maybe we got to send the resume. So, so we sent the resume and we were appointed national co-chairs for uh, PR co-chairs for the Secular Franciscan Order in the United States. Wow. And so our journey took off. And, and from there, uh, we met the um, uh, general minister of the order, the first uh, uh, at the time, uh, while well, serving the whole order, worldwide order. Her name was Encarnita. And Encarnita asked me to help her with interpreting at the uh, visitation in the United States, um, every um, every uh, three years, we should be we should have a visitation from. Oh, I'm sorry. Every yeah, every three years, we should have a visitation from the um, general minister uh, to see how we are doing in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I interpreted for her, and then she invited us to go to a couple of of um, general chapters, which are the international meetings of the order. And then I was invited to interpret for the presidency. The presidency is actually the international group of uh, counselors who come together twice a year to talk about the state of the world order, how we can serve the national fraternities, um, the responsibility of going to visit them on a on a regular basis and to go to visit them, not just for visitations to see how they're doing, but also for elections. So uh, they should be seeing someone from the international level several times in the course of of, uh, our six year service to the international order. So um, I interpreted uh, from Italian to English or Spanish, and then there's another interpreter in the group who interprets uh, into uh, Italian from uh, uh, Spanish or I'm sorry, he interprets into Italian. I interpret into English anyway, yep. <laughs> depending depending on, on on who's speaking. And so we have about twenty people around the table having mm-hmm. this discussion. And well, last November, uh, one of the presidency counselors came to me. She said, "Mary," and it was a, election time. Every six years, we have general chapter elections. And um, uh, she says, "Mary, what would you think? Would you accept if I?" Um, 
uh, nominated you for vice minister general. And I looked at her quite surprised, you know, I'm just serving as, as an interpreter, you know? <laughs> yeah, I helped, I helped with formation. And, and because of the fact that I knew the, the languages, I was actually l- the link to help those people within the presidency who couldn't talk to each other. So I would sit in meetings and also they got to know me. And of course, uh, you don't know me yet, but you find that if I have an opinion, you're going to hear it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> even if I'm not supposed to talk. So anyway, so I said, well, you know, I have been taught from day one in formation that if the order asks me to serve, I should say yes. So, yes, I will accept the uh, the nomination. And so um, uh, obviously, as you can see, I went on and, and, and I was selected. And what is very strange about this is at that point when I was elected, I felt the excitement. I, I felt the, the responsibility of, of serving all of our members, 180,000 members around the world and, and trying to do the best I can. But I also felt a sense of peace. Mm. Like this is where I should be. All right. The Lord, like you read the last paragraph there, the Lord has prepared me for something. By being there to observe what the presidency did, I had an understanding, not a full understanding, but I had an understanding of, of what my responsibilities could and should be. And so I felt peace about that, which to me, I, I was quite surprised. Yeah, wonderful. So, so that's so, a little bit about me. <laughs> great. So let, let's let's maybe take a step back just a little bit. I'm um, so that people understand what we're actually talking about here. Um, tell me, what is the history of secular Franciscans? Who are they? What are they about? Um, you know, what, what is this secular Franciscan thing? Well, our secular Franciscan order is as old as the Franciscans. We have journeyed with St. Francis of Assisi since 1209. All right. And uh, Francis, of course, started um, as when when uh, Jesus told him at the foot of the San Damiano cross, Francis rebuilt my church. And, and Francis at that time, uh, he was searching. He was trying to find where he belonged. And so he and, and he had in the past before then he had gone to war. Uh, he had suffered the uh, the scars of war and getting back into society has been very difficult for him. And so he was praying about it. And so when Jesus told him in a little uh, ruined chapel, physically um, uh, corrupted chapel, he, um, uh, he heard Jesus say, rebuild my church. So he started begging for stones and he started rebuilding physically the church. Well, come to find out, that that wasn't quite what the Lord meant. And so sure enough, even while rebuilding the church, he got brothers, as he said, brothers to follow him. And so these brothers started to grow in numbers. And at one point there were 11 of them and they went to Rome and Francis had written a rule and they decided to come together as an order. Mm. Well, Shortly after that, 
there was this man. This is we're not quite sure historically uh, whether is this is 100 percent correct, but we understand that there was this man, Lucasius, with his wife, Bonadonna. Lucasius was a businessman, uh, very greedy with his money. He heard Francis. And so some people say that Francis, um, hearing what the man said to him, and the man said to him, I want to journey with you, but we're married. And so it's going to be difficult to, to travel around with you. So Francis must have thought a little bit about this. So he decided to put together the brothers and sisters of penance. That's us. Those are our grandparents or ancestors and so on. So we started as the brothers and sisters of penance. And then through the years, uh, as we followed in the charism of St. Francis and the joy of St. Francis in the um, uh, rule of St. Francis, modified for seculars, modified for people living in the world, um, uh, we, um, we our name changed. We became third order Franciscans. And then with the going back to my history, 1978, well, I wasn't there in 1978, but our, our new rule began in 1978. That's when we became known as secular Franciscans. So we journey today as secular Franciscans. So secular Franciscans are actually a religious order. What does, how does oh, that yeah. fit into the life of the church and everything? This is where people really do not understand. You know, they they first come and they and they think of the secular Franciscans as uh, a club, a group, mm. an organization. Right. We are a religious order, which were is was accepted by the Pope. Pope Paul VI signed off on our order in 1978. All right, and and the popes before that signed off on previous uh, rules, previous rules that were written. And we serve the Pope. We serve the church. We are right up there with the four obediences of, of the Franciscans. The first order Franciscans, who are the conventuals, the Capuchins and the OFMs. The second order, who are the poor clairs. The third order, that's us, secular Franciscans. And then our children are the third order regulars. And they sort of uh, broke off from secular Franciscans because they wanted to be um, priests and nuns. Hmm. So there's third order regulars who are our babies. Oh, okay. All right. So um, so we, we serve and we are called the Franciscan family. And we answer directly to the Pope. We are a religious order. So you, you talked earlier about, um, yeah, I, I, let me ask a different way. Um, so the third order Franciscans, the, the secular Franciscans, don't live in a community sort of situation or anything no. like that, right? Secular Franciscans live in the world okay. as singles, married, uh, whatever their vocation in life is. Uh, we do have secular Franciscans, for example, who are diocesan priests. Mm -hmm. They can become secular Franciscans as well. But the majority of our order is married people and single people living in the world, trying to maintain a, a simple, authentic life. 
and serving the church and serving the order in a variety of ministries. And we have quite a variety. We have, for example, one, um, uh, one secular Franciscan who decided to work with the lepers of um, Brazil. Oh. And so he started um, raising money and going down there on a regular basis. He brings some other Fr Franciscans with him, secular Franciscans with him. And this, this um, ministry has grown. They have schools for children of lepers. They have hospitals for the lepers. They even have a seminary oh, for wow. those people who want to serve the lepers. So that's one example. Then we have... Uh, schools, and then we have hospitals that are run by secular Franciscans around the world. And then we have secular Franciscans who serve in uh, church organizations, church groups, uh, social service, uh, soup kitchens, um, teaching religion, uh, uh, serving the church in everything from being readers at lectors at mass, uh, bringing communion to the sick, going to the elderly and nursing homes. So we have all sorts of ministries, both individual ministries, always wearing our habit, the Tau cross. I don't know if you can see it here very well. Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Yeah, all right. So we always wear this. This is our habit. The priests and nuns wear their habits. This one is ours. So if you see anyone wearing a Tau, there's a good chance that they may be secular Franciscan. Some people take it, they buy it, and they, they just think it's nice. So, you know, they're not <laughs> seculars. But, right. but uh, yeah, so we, we serve in the community, and we, um, we have uh, ministries all over the world. It's, it's, it's interesting. Do all secular Franciscans always wear their habit or... You know, I, I, where I'm coming from a little bit is um, it's in my experience and lots of different kinds of experiences um, until relatively recently, I never knew people that, that it existed to begin with. Um, I think in my entire life, I, I, I knew one person who ever identified himself as being a secular Franciscan um, and I don't see um, people wearing, you know, as you say, the towel, um, other than as a piece of jewelry sometimes for some people. Um, but why, maybe it's an impossible question to answer, but why does it seem like secular Franciscans are hidden or something like that? You know, I think part of that is one of the part of our charism is to be humble. And and um, hmm. uh, and Francis always spoke about being humble and and to be a minor. He called one of his uh, he he called his friars the friars minor, and the reason for that is that we in, in our humility we we don't really maybe promote ourselves as much as we should. Right. And unfortunately, no matter how hard and we or loudly we shout it. We should all be wearing our towel all the time, not just when we go to fraternity gatherings, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, everybody does not. Uh, so uh, we have work to do. We have a lot of work to do because um, we are the best, best kept secret, I think, <laughs> of, of the uh, Catholic Church. Uh, unfortunately, we are, Paul, getting older. 
there was a time when our order was blossoming and exploding. Um, but our order, there's one, one fraternity I can tell you about, National Fraternity. I just heard that in the year 2000, there were 20,000 members there. Hmm. Today, there, one, there are 1,400. Wow. Okay. Why is that? The aging of our order and not being able to uh, reach out or not finding ways to reach out to replenish the, 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 the supply of secular Franciscans. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this. It's not the Holy Spirit who's dropped the ball. Okay. <laughs> I I think, I think the Holy Spirit has given as many vocations as we should have in the world. Unfortunately, we secular Franciscans, for whatever reason, are not present enough to the community as secular Franciscans. We have a lot of people in our community who Work in, work in schools. I mean, I worked in, in um, high school and I worked in college for years. Now, as soon as I became professed, I always wore my towel. And I'll tell you a story about that later. But the, the point is that we don't promote ourselves as secular Franciscans. We serve in the soup kitchens. We wear our towel, but we don't say, I'm a secular Franciscan. Come, come visit. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't do that enough. So we've dropped the ball. Holy Spirit has not. There are, there are vocations out there, all right, right? As, as there are potential Christians and Catholics. And something is happening within the church that we are losing our members. We talked about that before uh, we came on. And um, we, we have to do something. We have to be the hands and the feet of Christ and the Holy Spirit in the world. And that's what secular Franciscans should be prepared to do. Mm, yeah. Um, so, how do I, I, I just talking about the towel for a second? I, I remember hearing a story recently about someone who is um, now a, a, a secular Franciscan. Um, and the, the way that this person became involved was meeting someone who at church who was wearing their towel at all times and asked, what is that? And what's that all about? And the way I hear the story, the person responded, well, come out to the meeting and see. Yeah, and, come you and know, see. Talk, talk about the message of Jesus. Um, but um, that, that person is now, you know, a, a mm -hmm. professed secular Franciscan. So yeah. um, sometimes it's just being there or seeing or saying, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum. Well, first and foremost, of course, our responsibility as secular Franciscans and as Catholics is to live the gospel, mm -hmm. right? And that's what we have to do. And so we model living the gospel in the footsteps. Francis walked in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We walk in the footsteps of St. Francis, who was following Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's our, our first way of evangelizing. We live in the world, evangelizing by doing what we are supposed to be doing as good Catholics and good Christians. And we wear the, the towel saying that we're doing this as 
secular Franciscans. And then we reach out to other people in that same way. And if people ask us, then we invite them, come and see, Mm -hmm. come and see how we live the gospel, Mm -hmm. how we go from gospel to life and then life to gospel. That's our, our core. Christ is our core. And if people are searching, looking for, maybe they feel a certain emptiness, or maybe they're doing lots of service to the community, but they don't have that proper intention, that intention to put Christ in the center. So we, we try right. to guide them through that if the Holy Spirit has given them a vocation. And that, that living the gospel can have some ramifications, can't it? Um, as to how we, how a person acts, you know, in life, in everyday life, and what we do and how we do it. Yeah, we talk, we, we talk about truth and authenticity. Um, yeah, we have to really, especially, especially in this world, in this confusing world, where everybody says from one end of the spectrum to the other, it's all misinformation from the other side. Mm-hmm. We have to really evaluate. We have to evaluate with Christ as our center, with the teachings of the church. And we have to sit down and think, how am I going to be the most authentic as a human being, as a Christian, as a Catholic, and as a secular Franciscan? It's a tough journey. It's a journey that I think we have to first and foremost look at our family and say, how can we bring our family under this beautiful umbrella where we love our neighbor as ourselves and and where we um, sometimes uh, are challenged by the social norms. We become countercultural many times. So the country, the laws, the, um, the behaviors tell us to do one thing, but we as Catholics, as Christians, as secular Franciscans, We know authentically, in truth, that that is not the way to go. And when all our friends are doing one thing and we are doing something else, Mm -hmm. it's it's a tough journey sometimes. So, so Mary, let me let me ask you a question. Um, I'm sure that there's there's been in the 700 years um, since since the time of Francis that. there's a lot of people who've lived this secular Franciscan um, way of life. Who, who are some of those people that have lived that way? Well, of course, let me just start with our patrons. All right. St. Francis. Well, our co-founders are St. Francis and St. Claire. Mm -hmm. And then from them, we have our patrons, St. Elizabeth of Hungary. She was the queen of Hungary. Um, St. Louis, the ninth of France king of France. And then we have all sorts of, of incredible names of saints, uh, Margaret of Cortona, um, uh, Elizabeth of Portugal, Bridget of Sweden, Joan of Arc. Hmm. All right. Uh, Thomas More, St. Thomas More, who talk about challenging the, the, the situation of the day where he challenged King Henry, right? Um, then we've got St. Charles Borromeo. Some people may remember St. Charles Borromeo. We've got um, uh, St. John Vianney. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and um, uh, St. John Bosco. And we've got several popes, among them uh, St. Pope Pius X and uh, Pope John Twenty-Third, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. I think she was our, was she the first, 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 American saint, saint. first American saint, right? And then others who have been beatified and who are journeying with us. Um, among them is um, we're going to be I think we're going to have a new a new saint called Saint Franz Jagerstatter, <laughs> who was in uh, World War II and refused to serve uh, or to carry arms. Um, and then um, let me see. I'm, I'm looking through a list here just to get some names that perhaps some people might recognize. In, in other secular Franciscans who aren't saints, all right. We're all saints with a small S, but uh, Dante, Dante was a secular Franciscan, right? Christopher Columbus, I know some people challenge him right now, but he was a secular Franciscan. Vasco da Gama, anybody who was studying early history, right? Michelangelo, a secular Franciscan. Uh, Miguel de Cervantes from Spain, who wrote um, Man of La Mancha, well, uh, Don Quixote, Mm -hmm. and um, Lope de Vega. Um, uh, other writers, Franz Liszt, um, a, uh, a, a music, I think it was music, Louis yeah. Pasteur. And, um, oh, let me see here. Uh, what, 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 one of my interesting um, architect, uh, Antonio Gaudi from Spain. I don't know if anybody knows that. John Michael Talbot. Mm. So we could go on and on. And those are just a few of the people who, for one reason or another, found that being a Catholic was wonderful. Being a secular Franciscan helped me to live the gospel in a special and unique way in community with other people serving and supporting, serving the church and supporting each other. And that's what we do. We, community is part of our, our connection. Right. Um, and, and so we, we meet, to, we meet on a definitely required on a monthly basis. We often meet maybe biweekly or even sure. weekly, or we meet for special ministries and so on. So, so when a person, um, decides that they have that, that interest, you know, the come follow me, um, and, gets up the courage, I suppose. I know for, for many people, that's a, that's a hard thing to do the very first time. But when they come to their first t- um, <laughs> meeting, I suppose is the best way to say it, but when they come and find that they feel a, a, a calling or an urging, um, what happens after that? What's the kind of, you know, because I know that like most religious orders, there's a, there's a time of of what they call postulancy, and then there's, you know, there's a novitiate, and then finally they take, you know, final or mm-hmm. and then permanent vows. Um, what happens to someone going through a process as a secular Franciscan? So, Paul, I've invited you to come and see. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to come and see, and you're going to observe um, maybe maybe three months of, of visiting uh, asking questions, po- possibly the, the formation director or someone on the team will approach you and say, let's go out for coffee. Let's talk a little bit more about what the secular Franciscan order is all about. 
because when you profess three years, two years down the line, three years down the line, when you profess, it is permanent. So we want to make sure that you feel you belong and that we feel that you belong to us. Okay. Because there are other charisms. And during this journey, there should be a time when you, someone who is searching, has to search not just the secular Franciscan order, but the other orders as well. The Carmelites, the Benedictines, Mm -hmm. you know. So there are other possibilities out there of how you serve. And each one of us is going to serve because of our personality, because of the gifts that the, the Holy Spirit has given us. We're each going to serve in a different way. So you come in the first three months, you you uh, you observe, you ask questions, have coffee, whatever. Then probably after about three months, you're going to say, you know what, I'm ready to get involved in a more formal way. So that's called inquiry. Inquiry may last anywhere from six months to nine months. It all depends on how things go. Uh, We we go further into looking at your your faith process, Paul. So we'll we'll ask you to tell us, as a Catholic, Mm -hmm. are you following the teachings of the Catholic Church? Are you, do you accept the Apostles' Creed? are there any areas where you challenge what the church teaches? Because all of these things are going to have to be evaluated by you and by mm-hmm. us. That process of evaluation is called discernment. So you are going to pray about this. And if there are any things in your life that have to be modified or changed, for example, if you are a divorced Catholic and you are remarried, you, are, you may have to go through a process of asking the church for annulment of your first marriage, okay, mm-hmm. before you can continue. Doesn't mean you cannot continue. It just right. means that it might take a little bit longer, okay? So we talk about these expectations of the church and the expectations of the order. And some people will say, well, you know, my parish priest accepts me who, who I am, or whatever, even though I am married and divorced and I'm going to church and all that. It's true and it's good. But now we're going one step further into being an order. And as an order, we have different expectations and and different steps that we have to follow in order to make sure that we become the proper role models and the proper representatives of the church. So that's discernment. So we do this process of inquiry. Then from there, you become admitted to the order and you are given the Tau cross, which now you will wear every day, hopefully. During this admission process, and it's called candidacy, it, in the United States, it's usually about 18 months. In other parts of the world is one year, in other parts it might be 24 months, and it might vary according to uh, how long it takes to go through the, the, the studying, the reviewing. So right. the individual meets with the fraternity team, uh, with the formation team, and we talk about the history of the order, the rule. What does it mean to live the rule? Living the rule is a 24-7 process. It includes everything from how do we 
represent the rule when we are working? How do we live the rule in our family? How do we live the rule in peace, justice, and integrity of creation, which is part of our charism? So we are the peacemakers of the world. We have to find way, not just in world peace, right. but in peace and family and peace and community. That's our job. We are we become the leaders in that. So we we try to um, uh, work with our candidates to help them find where their ministry, where their role will be. At the end of that time comes that very important day called profession. And now during that whole time, anyone can uh, say I'm going forward or they can say I need to step back a little bit. All right. It all depends on um, on them and, and their their process of discernment. But that day of profession comes and it's a very special day. It's as important as getting married. It's as important as becoming a priest. They make promises. They make a uh, it's not like the vows of being a friar or a nun of poverty, chastity and obedience. They say, I am going to follow the rule and all the 26 articles of the rule. And so that becomes that big day. They invite all their family members and friends. We celebrate. And then that moment where they say, yes, 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 I will go forward in this. Yes, I accept these responsibilities to serve the church and to serve the order. And then after profession, they are fully uh, incorporated within the family, the Franciscan family, and then they begin to move forward. They might decide they're a, a personal ministry that they want to make it more formal as a part of their work in the order, or they might say, you know, I'm going to serve in the uh, ministry that this fraternity is involved in. So for example, in Utica, our fraternity is involved in a soup kitchen. Uh, and so we, some of our members serve in the, um, uh, right there in the kitchen, cooking and serving our guests. Um, and then some of our members serve on the, um, on the board, uh, myself and my husband, who were among the founding members of the soup kitchen. Um, uh, and there are several others on the board who are secular Franciscans. And then we go on with our life. Every, every month or every two weeks, we meet together in fraternity. We discuss, we have additional formation, which is called ongoing formation. And um, we, be, we continue to enkindle in everyone that passion, that love of service to the Lord as a secular Franciscan. Let me, let me, let me ask, because we've been going on a while now, and um, how... How does a person get information? How do you find, you know, secular Franciscans? How do you, if you feel like you're being, you know, even nudged in that direction or whatever, how do you find the information you need? All right. The, the first thing is, it's very simple. You go to 1-800-FRANCIS. That's for anyone who is in the United States. That is a national hotline hmm. and you could go there. All right. That would be probably the most direct because what they will do there is they will say, well, all right, you are, um, uh, you are in the North, uh, in, in central New York. 
So we will find a fraternity for you there and give you the name of the minister, the number, mm-hmm. the um, email address, whatever they may need. All right. All right. That's one. Number two, you could go to secularfranciscansusa.org. I think I got that right. Let me just confirm that. Uh, okay. Secular Franciscans with an S, USA.org. Okay. Secular Franciscans, USA.org. And on the website, there is a, um, a link which tell, shows you, number one, in all the parts of the United States where um, fraternities are located. We call our, our community, our small community, a fraternity. All right. Uh, and um, there, I think there may also be a, some contact information. Mm-hmm. And again, if not, go back to 1-800-FRANCIS. That's the easiest. And that's F-R-A-N-C-I-S. So then you make that initial contact and then, you know, talk with somebody, I, I assume, and, you know, yes, kind of make well, a plan, well, I guess, is a way to say it. Exactly, exactly. So um, once the information is given to the individual at 1-800-FRANCIS, that person contacts the local minister and says, there is this individual who is interested in learning more. They will receive a call from that individual, possibly the minister or the formation director. And probably one of the first things they'll ask a little bit about the individual and then they'll probably say, why don't you come and see? That's our favorite line, right? Come and see. Come and see. So, um, yeah. Great. And for, for everybody who's listening to me, uh, so that you don't miss things trying to find a pencil to write all that down, um, that stuff will all be, uh, all that information will be on my website, um, ourwalktogether.com. Um, I will have that information available for you there and easily able to find it. Um, there's also on, um, on my website, there is a a spot where you can contact me. And if you have questions, if you want to have me, you know, give more information to you, give you a place to find information, just send me an email and I'll be, I'll be glad to send that that back out to you and uh, take whatever, whatever you need from there. Um, So um, Mary, I thank you so much for being with us today. I'm going to give you a chance What's what? How do you want to close? What do you want to close with today? I'm glad you asked me that. I want you to look at something. See this lady here? Okay. This is this is an icon. It's the icon of the Blessed Mother and Child. Now, we as secular Franciscans are very, very dedicated to the Blessed Mother. Saint Francis was very dedicated to the Blessed Mother. This was a special gift that was given to me by the wife of the general minister. And they tell me that this um, mantle that she's wearing that is red, it wraps, it represents humanity. And what this mantle is saying is the blessed mother is wrapping herself in humanity and wraps Mm. humanity with it. So I say, let us, join with the blessed mother and wrap humanity around us and be wrapped by the blessed mother who will guide us in whatever journey we choose individually. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. Well, you know, Mary, thank you so much. I, 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 you know, A, it's a privilege to be able to talk with you for a little while. And B, I think, you know, the information that, that you're giving and giving out to our, our, our listeners here, um, maybe will have some effect on maybe somebody out there is listening to us. And, you know, as I said earlier, if only one person hears a message that makes the whole thing worthwhile. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, once again, um, Thanks, Mary. So much appreciate you being with us today and, uh, you know, to help us celebrate and learn about the secular Franciscans. And Paul, thank you for this special ministry. It, it is a wonderful way to reach out to the community. Um, feel free to call me anytime. I would love to Great. talk about other topics as well. Wonderful. Um, and um I know the Holy Spirit is guiding you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Well, the music means that our time together is at an end for now. I thank you for walking with me today. It's been a great blessing. Please visit my website for information about this and other episodes of the podcast, as well as additional information on how to contact me. It can be found at OurWalkTogether.com. And please, invite your friends to listen as well. And so, until we journey again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and give you His peace.